Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I think just uh, where we are um, as a team. You know, we've um, we've had um, you know a ton of opportunities to do great things, and we haven't taken advantage of them. You know, and I've talked about the, the ownership of of that and me taking ownership for the things that I can control and, and challenging everyone to take ownership for the things that they can't control. Um, and for us to put the output that we want on the field, uh, obviously have the results that we want and have the opportunities we want, um, it takes consistency in that. Um, there's no point to identity, um, no more than execution. Um, the reality is we have to um, we have to be better, you know, and that starts with me. Well, that's for sure. They got to be better. Welcome back. Midday show. Hugh Douglas show. That was Jalen Hurts last night, of course, asked about that ESPN report about he not loving the offense, not being on the same page. Again, he these are opportunities for the quarterback to say, I, I wasn't part of that story. I don't know. I'm fine. But again, he, master manipulator. Man. Yeah, he, he speaks around things and he says all of us and whatever he says there. And uh, it did not. Did not give you a straight answer. 215-592-9494. For a Twitter question sponsored by PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing others see when they meet you. Learn about and schedule your evaluation at PIDentalCenter.com. Should the Eagles move on from Nick Sirianni is our question. Last time I looked, 82% were on yes, 18% on no. So, so let's hit this and then right back to the phones. And I do have my coaching list coming up in a few minutes. The Hugh, the Eagles, if let's say they do keep Sirianni, which mm-hmm. Howard believes they're going to. You yes. believe they should. I believe they shouldn't. They're going to have to spin this because right now the fan base does not want him No, they're back. not happy. And, and we're not happy because, like, to, to, to quote somebody that said it earlier this week, and I hate I'm doing it, you don't know what we don't know. But what, what the optics of the situation tells us is that, you know, from the outside looking in that Coach Sirianni has lost his locker room. I don't know if that's the case. Now, to your point, Joe, and, and, and I've heard the same things you've heard, there are some of the things that he does that kind of rubs people the wrong way. But I think for the most part, they like where Coach Sirianni has put them, in the direction that he's, he's put them in. I think that there has to be – I think if you go as rational, as irrational as, as, as starting with a new head coach, you're kind of setting this team back. I think this team is tailor-made to, to make a run. You're going to have to change that. Like, to me, that secondary is gone. Totally. Yeah. They, that, every, everybody on that back end secondary. is yeah. gone. Everybody's on the back end is gone. You're going to need to get some linebackers. I don't know if you can actually afford to get rid of both corners, but I think that there's a conversation that has to be had with that. Offensively, we need to figure out a direction. We need somebody in here, I feel. And, again, let me let me be clear because I, I, I see a lot of people feeling like, I'm laying all this blame at Jalen's feet. I'm not laying at all of his feet. But he is accountable in some of the stuff that has happened over the last couple of months. You need somebody in here that I feel that's going to be able to have the tough conversations with your quarterback or whomever on that offensive ball, offensive side of the ball that needs to have these conversations. I think a lot of this has stemmed from whatever people perceive as as preferential treatment. 
or whatever, or or or, or non accountability. Well, and we did this already. This is why the when stuff came up two months ago because there's that feeling that we're doing the same thing again. That for whatever reason the quarterback's allowed to go backwards, maybe not as accountable, not hard enough on him, not coach hard, whatever it is. Starting with the loss of some coaches last year, it, there's the Eagles got to stop that, and they got to stop it soon. Two one five five nine two nine four nine for Robin Delco. What's up, Rob? Rob, you there, buddy? Oh, Rob, going? Ah, oh, there he was. What's up, Rob? Joe, what's up, Joe? What's up, you? What's going on, hey, man? Hey, Rob. Uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Joe. I wish this was my hour on the radio today, Joe, because I'm going to set the tone for the rest of the off season with this call, Joe. You ready? Ready. All right. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with the defense. I'm going to start and, and offense and move on to uh, to uh, Bozo at the top, okay, the head coach, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay, defensively, it's been echoed. and It's going to be echoed after I call them for days and weeks to come you know, with the tackle. And they looked uninspired. They looked, they looked like they couldn't even play Pop Warner football. Look, those guys were ridiculous. And that's a reflection on the coach. Now, Hugh, I agree with you 100%. I'm, I'm going to come hard on the quarterback. But first of all, you know, if we see that screen pass again, or, or if we see this type of offense again, not running the ball, they are so predictable, so boring, so uninspired. I mean, what's the word? They look like they didn't even want to be there. They look like their bags are packed already. You know what I mean? And it's a reflection on the head coach. And, and let me tell you something. Guys went up against Baker Mayfield, right? Kyle Murray. Dan, I call him Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Tyrod Taylor, whoever you want to put in there. These are guys that are going five, six, seven possessions in a row, scoring touchdowns or field goals, scoring drives every time they get the ball. We're not even going against elite competition. Could you imagine us facing Baltimore, Joe? Well, how Could about you? Rob? Just, just this this week, right? If they had won, their next trip would have oh, been. They would have put fifty. Oh, the long. Lions would have scored fifty without question. I mean, the, the was, Bucks, the Bucks have half the talent of the Lions' offense, and they got the thirty-two. I mean, they quit. You quit, Eagles, and Lurie, if you're listening to me, Rob from Delco wants to clean house. Joe, how many – last week or the week before, I mentioned Hardball's name. If you remember, I mentioned his name. And people are kind of like, what? I'm like, yeah, listen to me. Get me Belichick. Get me Hardball. Get me – or give me that young coordinator from Detroit. Oh, like, Ben Johnson. Ben now, I feel like you're peeking at my list here, Rob. Yes, they're all great. That's part of this. The fact that we have significant candidates uh, out there, that – I think it's got to play into the Eagles' thinking. It's not just, hey, what do we think of Nick? It's, hey, yeah. it's Nick or this. And Hugh, the quarterback, I don't want to see him mope anymore, Jalen. And when they say, if you cut off the head of the snake, the rest of the body will follow, they look to you, Jalen. You're supposed to be the leader. I don't want to see you shaking your head walking off the field, seeing you sitting on that, that heated bench with your ass warm, shaking your head. Go on, don't inspire your players, Joe. And I know that's not who he is, but he has to start doing that, Joe. He has to. I need more for my $250 million. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Rob, it's, it's fair. Rob, we appreciate the phone call. I mean, that's, that is fair. I don't think anyone should say that what, the way Jalen Hurst played down the stretch is good enough. It's not good enough. No, I, I think he has spurts. But in order to be where we wanted to ultimately be, no, he definitely needs to be better. I, like I told you, I feel like it's a politician who sold me, who told me, you know, told me he was going to do all this, that, and the third before he got elected. And then when you finally elected him, he fell short. Now, am I... Am I out on Jalen? No, not at all. I think that this is the growth and the adversity that I talked about before the season started. So I didn't know how, like, I didn't know what adversity was going to look like, Joe. Oh, it's here. I didn't didn't know what it was going to look like. But I did say going into this season that he's going to have some adverse moments. It just came late, and it came in a form which I never thought it would come. 
the question for uh, about Jalen and, and Howard kind of hit on this because how I heard DeCamera this morning saying he doesn't believe Hurts will be here within three years. And Howard's saying he's not sure anymore if Jalen is the guy. He, here's what the, the, the whole offseason's got to be about, fixing him. Yes. Because regardless of what three or four or five years from now is, they got to live in next year, right? Yes. So he's the quarterback next year. Yes. they got to get him back on track. And what we need to figure out, and they need to figure out, is was last year a mirage? Can he play like that again? And how much of his game relies on his legs? Because this year he didn't have his legs to the same extent, and the offense died. So... Yeah, I mean, if there's major questions here, that if I'm Lurie, I have two things on my mind today. As I talk to Nick Sirianni, let's say they talk today. One, do you still have the locker room? Like, do do, do I think you still have the locker room? I don't know the answer. I'm not there every day. I know what I feel. That I don't know if these guys really respond to him anymore. The second question I have is, can you fix Jalen? Yeah, because that's the whole thing. I, I think there's a lot at play here, Joe. And, and even though I am not totally sold. On, on your stance of, of getting ready to head coach, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Because this is this is like, this is the equivalent of the parent that's cool with the kid. And when the kid acts up and the parent tries to be a parent, he's looking like, nah, dog, you, like we're, like you're, it's like almost like your peer. You have to make a hard decision. And I think you have to look at yourself. And you, you're going to have to reevaluate yourself in offseason. And you're going to have to do some things differently. Now, the one thing that I think you're going to have to do immediately, the coordinator's got to go. Or you're going to have to, if, if say, for instance, if Brian Johnson isn't gone, which I can't see how he survives this, but if he isn't, if, if there's any truth to you looking over his shoulder, calling offense, or you're, you need to let him grow and sprout wings and let him do his own thing, let him and Jalen do his own thing. That's the one thing that when I talk about, when we talk about all of this, that has me – Confused a little bit because you talk about a guy who I feel that has an intimate relationship with Jalen that's probably more – he's closer than anybody else that you could possibly think of at this point in his life. And, and you can't talk to him about what he's doing or not doing or what, where he needs to be better? That blows my mind. Well, that he can't have that yeah. conversation with him. It happened with Wentz. Press Taylor was that guy, and Press Taylor, for whatever reason, they were close, but he wasn't. He wasn't able to get to him. He wasn't able to be. You know, you got to. Sometimes you got a good cop, bad cop with coaches, right? One guy a, that puts your arm around you, and one guy that tells you you suck. I mean, that you. Sometimes you, I, I don't know if anyone's telling hurts. You, you you stink at this. You got to get better. I've never been comfortable with yes men. I, I guess that's why I've never been the type of cat that run with an entourage because I've never been comfortable with people telling me that no matter what I do, nothing that I do is bad. That that just doesn't feel that doesn't feel like real reality to me. And Jalen has to know. Like you like the one thing that I applauded him for was his ability to to be every man. And what I mean by that is the stories that I heard about Jalen before I got here, the stories I heard about him in college, how he was interactive with everybody. He wasn't just about being with the offensive players. He worked out with everybody. And the fact that this year there were rumblings that he's acting different, that he's not the guy that he used to be, like he's not the leader that we need him to be. Like, for me, it's not about it. And I know a lot of people talk about this. He doesn't have to run up and down the sideline and be, you know, the rah-rah guy. There are other ways that you can lead by example. Uh, totally, yeah. There are other ways you can lead by example. And I felt like, Whatever he did last year to be that leader, 
his teammates felt like he wasn't that guy this year. That's the problem. That's not all the problem. And and, and hear me, because my man Kevin out there, listen, Kevin, I'm saying that he's all the problem, Kevin. But what I'm saying is that if I'm his teammate and I feel like he's not the guy that led me into to battle last year, I'm going to look at him differently. I'm going to treat him differently. That's not a good place to be as a teammate because you're supposed to trust your quarterback, especially in times like this. So that's where I feel like he needs to be better. He ain't got to be that guy that's running up and down the sideline, pumping his fist or whatever. But I need to know when it's when it's time for the rubber to meet the road that he's going to be right there with me. I uh, need to know that. And I need him to play better. I mean, I, I, I think – That too. Yeah, I, I think – I'm not saying his leadership doesn't need to get better. I do think he needs to change. But we're talking about this because he didn't play as well. I mean, it was cool. Yeah. It's cool, his stoicism, when there's they're up three touchdowns. When they're down – and he looks like he could care less on the sidelines, and then I could see why everyone's annoyed. He's got to play better. I had like a four-hour epitome, revelation, what have you, last night. Of basically what Hugh said just in the last segment that, or you know, a few segments ago, that a Hurts pulled the wool over eyes. Like, I, this guy might not be, you know, whatever. As a player, we can talk about that. But as a person, as a leader, like who I thought he was, when I heard him before the game talking about his finger – and how it was annoying. Oh, I don't know how this is going to go. I was just thinking, like, it didn't who, feel like the guy that, that you believed yeah, in last no, year. I'm like, dude, who talks like that? Yeah. I'll tell you who talks like that. Joel Embiid, before he's about to go screw uh, up in the no, second round yeah, of the I'm postseason not, and freaking choke. So, I'm not about okay. to let you put Joel. You're not about to put Joel. No, you're Embiid damn right I am. I don't <laughs> care how he's playing in the regular season. This is Joel <laughs> talking about his knee <laughs> no, before he goes out there and folds in a that. game six now, and game seven. Now, now you're being emotional. You're being no, I'm way not. emotional. No, it's a great it's, it's it, it's comparison. Talk. It's it is. Talk. But it's not Joel Embiid. He's not Joel Embiid, though. He certainly went out there and performed in a playoff game like he was. Hold on. I feel like I'm on an island. Well, hold on a second. First of all, I think this year confirms he's also not the player Embiid is. I mean, I get on his well, beat, yeah. I get on Embiid as much as anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I rip Embiid. Embiid is a better day-to-day player in his sport than Jalen Hurts is in his. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid has been the top of his sport or near it, right? A top five to seven player for five years. Jalen Hurts had one year where he was that kind of player. So, like, I, 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 I criticize. I mean, I, I, Jalen Hurts has got to get back to playing like an MVP. I agree. He's the 20th ranked quarterback in the NFL. All right, let's go back to the phones here. I, I know a guy that probably will be on this Hurts thing and, and defending Sirianni. Ken in Cinnamon. Hey, Ken. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? We're tw- well, you know, I, I'm not great, Ken. I mean, last night was uh, an embarrassment. That's what it was. I, I'm not a wallower, so I'm not going to wallow. I, I've moved on. I'm, I'm mad at myself because I, I had seen this. Five weeks ago when I called you guys after the Dallas game and said this team's not capable of beating another team of professional football players, yet I somehow allowed myself to believe beyond anything that my eyes saw that they were capable of winning last night. So that's on, that's on me. That's not on them. So if I'm disappointed, I have only myself to blame. Um, I fervently pray that Howie Roseman is doing anything but listening to WIP today because the last people he should be listening to on what he should do with this franchise going forward are the people that are calling this radio station and some of the people that are talking on this radio station as on-air hosts. So let me help you with a couple of things, Joe. First of all, you ask what it is that Nick Sirianni does well. Yes. Well, he wins football games, okay? And I know you want to minimize that as something that is just like kind of coincidental or incidental to everything else that goes on, but the guy wins football games. He's won more football games than any coach in the history of this franchise over, the, over his first three years as a head coach. He makes the playoffs every year. 
there's hardly any other coach who's not named Andy Reid who can say that in the NFL unless he's only been in the NFL one year. So that's what that's what he does well. So before, Ken, before you go on, I'm going to go back to a debate I think you and I had like seven weeks ago. Is your record today predictive of what you are moving forward? I don't believe it is. I, I can't fight you on his record. He, he's won a lot of games. But moving forward, I don't think he's very good at this. So I, so I have serious reservations he'll continue to win. Let, 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 me, let me suggest this perspective to you, Joe, and okay. maybe it will help you understand a little better. Instead of focusing on what the team did over the last six games, because there is a talent deficiency that was exposed over the last six games, especially on the defense. I don't think anybody can question that. Right. I haven't heard anybody marvel at the fact that this guy had this team at 10-1 and one before this happened. And the fact is that Nick Sirianni had this team, that team that was on the field last night, at 10-1 and one before this happened. And somehow that's inconsequential. Somehow it doesn't matter. So, look... The complexity of the offense, we need to start wrapping our brains around the distinct possibility that you can't make this offense any more complex than it already is for Jalen Hurts. Because even with the offense, with the lack of complexity it already has, he looks like a deer in the headlights with anything that he doesn't recognize. And there's just a lot he doesn't recognize. So am I out on Jalen Hurts? I'm not out on Jalen Hurts. But I am right back where I was when the last playoff game in Tampa ended with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback in, in January of 2022 when it was his first playoff game. I, I don't see any progression from there to what we've seen on the field all year, not just last night, all year. His decision-making all year has been atrocious. The safety where everybody, everybody had to be sitting there saying to themselves mm-hmm. out loud, yep. what are you thinking? It's not like that's the only time we've looked at Jalen Hurts do something this year and said, what are you thinking? Ken, I agree. I, I, I agree. I agree. It was Wentzish. I, I, Ken, I agree with that. And, Ken, it's a good phone call, and you do bring up a fair point that, 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 that Sirianni had a flawed roster at 10-1. and 1. He does deserve credit for that as much as he deserves yeah. blame for you know, the roster going down. But I go back to two things, and it's why I, I, I have a coaching list. I've got nine names in front of me right now. Is he the right coach to fix Hurts? And to get him to play at his best again. Right now, I don't believe he is. And do the players still re- respect him as a leader? You could like him. You could tell me his resume all you want. If they've tuned him out, none of this matters. Like, our opinions here on WIP, it's just it's just for us to yell about. If they in that locker room have stopped respecting him, it's over. I mean, I, that's that's the way it works in, in, in sports, especially the NFL. All right. You ready for my big board, Hugh? I'm listening. All right. I've got nine names here. This is my official big board for the next Eagles coach, if indeed we have an opening that we need to debate about over the next couple weeks. All right. What do you think? Nine to one or one to nine? I was I was struggling which way to go with these. Kyle, what's your gut on this? Let me, let me go with the lowest one and then take me to the number well, one. Well, I would, I would normally agree, but I think we know who the number one yeah. is. Okay. Let's start at one. I don't know who the number one is. Oh, you Come should. On. Come on, Hugh. You should. Oh, we just, oh the one that got it is not coming here? He's well, the, an idiot. Well, the guy that should be number one. Number one is Bill Belichick. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of think, but he's not coming here. Though. Well, I'm He's going to Atlanta. Why would he go to Atlanta? Because they got a good football team they down there. Really listen, you're not, listen I, I know I'm in Philadelphia, but Atlanta's a great place, man. Maybe start, just, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. I don't feel like being ratio today. He wants to set the wins record, not, not hang out. 
in some dome in Atlanta. All right, number one is Bill Belichick. We could hate him all we want. He's the greatest coach of all time. The greatest. And look, I'll give you this example. Andy Reid, his last three years, last three years here. Go look at his record. It's the same as Belichick's last three years in New England. Great coaches fall, they get back up. The Eagles, the Eagles made a mistake. Yeah, okay. All those years ago, with Russell Wilson, they tried to make up for it by drafting Jalen Hurts. They could, they could right the wrong that was firing Andy. Go get Bill Belichick. Number one, number two is Jim Harbaugh. I actually think we underrate Jim Harbaugh. He, he's one of the five greatest football coaches on the planet. He can coach now. He definitely can coach Everywhere. when you talk about what he did with San Fran. Yeah. He took Kaepernick to the Super Bowl. He yeah, revived he Alex Smith's career. Jim Harbaugh would be number two. Number three is Ben Johnson from the Lions. You know what I see when I watch the Lions? I see guys open. I see a running game. I see a guy that makes his quarterback Strong better. running game. That's a quarterback's best friend, too. Running game, good running game, quarterback's best. And I think it's a guy who, who wants to pick the right situation. He turned down the Panthers last year, went back to Detroit. This is his moment. Detroit could be in the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. I love Ben Johnson at number three on my list. Number four is Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is a really good coach, and I know he's done the defensive side of the ball, not the offense, and it run ended the ball weird. Too. They run, they run well, they'll run the ball, and I watched. He took Ryan Tannehill to a number one seed. Steals daddy. A title game. Yeah, that's Steele. That's his son's name is Steele. If you can win with Tannehill, you can win with Jalen Hurts in this team. Mike Rabel, number four. Number five is Bobby Slowick, the coordinator, offense coordinator down in Houston with C.J. Stroud. He has gotten him, and I know he's very talented, to play at a very high level. And that playoff game the other day, there's receivers running open all over the field. They don't have half the talent on the outside the Eagles do, and they were a big-time offense. Comes from the Shanahan tree. Bobby Slowick, number five. Number six, I'm going to surprise you with a name. A name, Hugh, you know, you'll know well. A name that was on the sidelines last night. A guy that's gotten very, very high-level play out of Jalen Hurts in the past. And a guy the Eagles have relied on for intel for the college football world for drafting. How he has a relationship with him. His name is Lincoln Riley. Link. I saw Link. Yeah, he was out there on the field. Yeah, because he got both quarterbacks. Lincoln Riley. We know what he did with Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles have used him, like consulted with him on draft picks. But there's a relationship there. Lincoln Riley, number six. Number seven. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Ravens. He's been a star, and he'll probably be a head coach in this in this cycle. Number eight, Pete Carroll. Pete. And he's down on my list, but I do respect Pete. Yeah, he's a little older. And number nine, former Eagle quarterback. We did this once before with Doug Peterson. Mike Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator. He got he's I think he has two interviews right now. Mike Kafka. I, I remember Mike. Mike and he was teammate. he was with Andy. Yeah. Uh, said in, former Eagles QB. I thought you were going to say Carson Wentz. No, uh, he's no, currently like, playing for the Rams. Yeah, yeah but I, I like that he's with the Andy thing, and he knows the organization. And the Eagles, that's the kind of guy I could see them interviewing at some point. So it's Belichick, Harbaugh, Ben Johnson, Mike Vrabel, Bobby Slowick, Lincoln Riley, Mike McDonald, Pete Carroll, Mike Kafka. Hugh, your reaction to those names? Which there's one, a, which one a, hit you the most? A few names on that list, uh, they, they fit, I think, the criteria of – what the Eagles are looking for. I, I I don't see Coach Vrabel coming here. I think Coach Carroll is a little bit older. I think that it's important to have coaches that are relatable, like to the young players, because this is a young man's league now. I like I like Coach Harbaugh's name. I think he that's a good pick. I don't know because there's a there's a, a thought process process out there that people feel like a lot of times that the the cooks even if they're not cooking the meal, are going to be in the kitchen a lot. And I'm talking about uh, Mr. Lurie and Howie. Oh, they'll be in the kitchen. But I think if you want wholesale – see, this is where I think a, a good owner 
has to realize that if that is the case, then maybe you need to step back. And it's a fair allow, question. Allow yourself. That's why I don't feel like he, uh, Jeffrey Lurie is going to make Miss Lurie is going to make a knee jerk reaction this week. I don't think he's going to be knee jerk. Yeah, or they could just find another guy to do the role Sirianni does, but better, like a Ben Johnson or a Bobby Slowick. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. That's how you hop in. Art Ross Tucker joins us next. What did he make of last night? The collapse and the future of Sirianni here and Hurts in Philadelphia. That's all coming up. Ross joins us next on the Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP after an incredible NFL Super Wildcard weekend. We're on to the divisional round. For these teams, it's win or go home, but you'll always have a spot in the playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a W. Look, the Lions last week, I was on them. I'll be on them again. I think they take down the Bucks this weekend and get to the championship game. New customers, get started $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Go to FanDuel right now to follow my picks. FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O. That's FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 94WIP. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's your duet, partner. Who told you about that? YouTube is an amazing place, for, uh, Hugh. You, you can find anything on there. And I did not know when I was singing that song <laughs> that that was a Taylor Swift song. Little did oh you know. Oh, my gosh. It's awful. Little did you know. We'd come back with that all these years later. Welcome back. Midday show. It is Hugh Douglas and Joe Gillian, and that, that, that music, maybe not you know, in that way, but that music <laughs> means our next guest is with us here on the line, Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker, insider Carl. The one that pick right. Are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Ross, how you doing today? We, we needed to lighten the mood there after all this yelling about the Eagles, so we figured we'd, we'd dig up Hugh play, uh, singing Taylor Swift all those years ago. That was amazing, and that did cheer me up. That gave me a smile. Hugh, you might be the worst singer I've ever heard. <laughs> Living in the big blue world. Having no idea about the words. That was about as bad. I actually really like karaoke. I'm in my, my wife and I enjoy karaoke. And uh, Hugh, you should never do that again. Thanks, thanks, Ross. It makes me feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a new intro, Ross, every time you're on. So get used to it. Appreciate you. Yeah, get ready for it. All right, now that we've lightened the mood, let's get back to uh, the reality here, which was last night. Ross, I I know during the pregame you said you weren't really sure what to expect. I think we all felt that was a possibility with the way they had played down the stretch. Ross, what was your reaction watching it? Because it, it just felt like the end of an awful ending to this season. Um. Yeah, I, I I I was not shocked. I've just I think I was like in awe watching it last night. I mean, I I was like past frustration, past disappointment, and I was in in a mode of just 
I've never seen anything like it. Never in all my years. And I'm sure you guys, Joe, you, you probably have all these uh, examples of historic collapses over the years, and you guys are talking about it, but they were 10-1. and one. They were considered the best team, and they weren't just 10-1. and one. I think they had gone and they had beaten who? The Cowboys, the Bills, the Chiefs in a row. Yes, in November, and, yep. And, and they had beaten like all teams that were considered top 10 teams. They went right down the line beating all of them. They had by far the best record in the NFL to then lose six of seven, and the only win was over the Tommy DeVito Giants on Christmas. It's just remarkable. You know what's crazy? The Bills haven't lost since that game. Mm. It's like they switched places. I mean, the Bills were 6-6. Six and six. They have not lost since. I don't know what happened in an overtime period, but something weird happened because the Bills haven't lost since and the Eagles basically haven't won since. Um, it's one of the reasons why, Joe, I was so adamant about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl last year and how important it was because these opportunities do not come along very often. Sustained success, getting the Super Bowls, getting conference championship games is not easy. And the Eagles very much proved that uh, over the last two months. So, Ross, with, with everything that's going on, I know today is a, is a knee-jerk reaction kind of a day. How do you fix this Eagles team right now? What, what would you do moving forward if you're the owner – how do, you, how do you start to fix what we've seen? So I guess the first one uh, or the first thing would be I really, guys, have no idea what happened. Like I would need to do a deep dive, and mm. maybe they already have. Maybe they already know. But number one, the, the defensive coordinator move from Desai to Patricia was a disaster. I'm very curious about how that went down. I think the bare minimum in terms of change will be a new defensive coordinator. I, I guess the layers are like this. They're definitely going to have a new defensive coordinator. The next step is, do they have a new offensive coordinator? Which I would say there's probably a pretty darn good chance of that. And then it's, do they have a new head coach? And... What makes this year so unique is that there are so many really good head coaching candidates out there. Mm. Like I, you know, he was a former teammate of mine. Mike Vrabel is an unbelievable coach. Ask any guy that's played for the Titans the last five years. They rave about him. And the guy has won. They beat the Ravens when they were the Ravens were the number one seed. In 2019, I don't even know if that was Mario. He won playoff games with Mariota. He won multiple playoff games with Tannehill. He was a number one seed with Tannehill. I mean, Vrabel can flat out coach. And so I think that's one of the things that is unique for the Eagles right now is that they have to at least discuss with Sirianni what the heck happened and what Sirianni's plan would be if he were to stay. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of need to compare – Sirianni's plan to Belichick and Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh and Vrabel and all these guys that are available right now. Ross, let's play. Let's put yourself. You're in Jeff Fleury's shoes, and you're having a meeting today or tomorrow with Sirianni about 
the, the issues here. Which one of these two uh, would be a bigger concern for you that you need the right answer to? One, would it be the locker room stuff? Because it does feel like there's been discontent there. I mean, players talking about you know just doing different things than the coaches are, are telling them to do and maybe a l- lack of trust in the coaching staff. Or would it be the regression of Jalen Hurts? If you're, if you're Jeff Lurie, what answer is do you really need to hear the, the most? What's the most important? Is it the locker room stuff and you still have those guys? Or is it how do we fix the quarterback? Ooh, uh, that's a good one, Joe. Um, I, think, uh, I think number one is the coaching, actually. I, I, I think priority one is the coaching because I think I don't think Jalen Hurts needs to be fixed. I think that they were putting him at a schematic disadvantage. I think, I mean, to watch like Devontae Smith and Goddard be in the same area when they're running routes, to watch the lack of answers against the blitz, to me, guys, that that's more on coaching than it is on Hertz. I mean, Hertz was the MVP, leading candidate for the MVP two months ago. I don't think he just like totally forgot how to play. And by the way, I thought he, he played really well against the Giants on Christmas. I thought he did some really good things against the Arizona Cardinals a week later. Hertz is, I got to be honest with you guys, Hertz is actually pretty low on my list here. I mean, my list would be number one, the coaching, both sides of the ball. And then after that, whatever the locker room culture stuff is, but I really dislike talking about that because, you know, we're not in there. And, like, the stuff that, you know, Jeff McClain or Tim McManus get, and those guys do a great job, and this is not a knock on them at all. But, like, someone is feeding them that. Someone sort of wants that information to get out. I want to know what it's really like. None of us know what it's really like in that locker room. So I, I, I hesitate to comment on that stuff all that much. Obviously, Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman will have their perception and their belief as to what's happening. And quite frankly, they'll probably talk to players and coaches and the equipment guys and everybody to try to get a feel for how they feel like you know, Sirianni has the locker room. Russ, the resume for Sirianni says that kind of coach typically doesn't get fired. Three years, three playoff trips, a through bowl trip. But we have seen examples, right? Tony Dungy with the um, the Bucks, uh, John Fox with the Broncos in the middle of a Super Bowl window. They pulled the plug on that. Ross, at this point, are will you be surprised if Sirianni is fired, or do you think it it is certainly possible based on how this ended? I would say uh, it would not surprise me. No, I I would say, gosh, to be honest with you guys, I think it's like fifty fifty. I really do. I think it's like fifty fifty. I think. He's going to have to do a really good job on selling Lori and Howie Roseman on why he should be back. So he has to tell them definitively what the heck happened. Because that's the concern for me is like, if he has the answers for how to fix it, why, why didn't he do it a month ago? Right? And maybe, so then I guess he has to argue... The answers are outside of the building. They need a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. So then it's, if you're Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, is Sirianni the person that you want to make those hires? It's complicated. I I really think it's 50-50 because I think that they like Sirianni. He's made the playoffs all three years. I think they think he's a good coach. I think they think he's a good um, 
for the guys in the locker room. I think they think he has a good culture and energy. I think they think he's good for Philadelphia. I think he's good in-game a lot of times with timeouts and, uh, you know, when to go for it on fourth down and stuff. I think generally he's pretty good there. I think there's a lot of positives in Nick Sirianni, but he has to have a real good answer to them for what happened and how he's going to fix it. Ross, the other side of the ball, I, I don't know. I mean, I just – I'm thinking they need to, to revamp half the defense. Not so much schematics, because that wasn't good either. But when you look at their defense, Ross, is that a matter of a different coach in here? Or are they so talent efficient they need to replace you know half or more of that unit before next season? Well, they're definitely getting somebody new to, to call the defense. We, we know that. That's, that would be shocking if they didn't. And then I think that they need, off the top of my head, I mean, if you got 15 guys playing a major role, I would say it feels to me like about half of those guys will be new next year and half of those guys will be back. So a bunch of the D linemen will still be back. Avante Maddox will be back. Reed Blankenship will be back. They do have some young corners that they like. But I think a lot of the other spots are very much sort of uh, up for grabs and that there will be change at a bunch of them. Ross, let's end with this as we look forward rest of the playoffs. You got to experience two of the big games this past week, and now we look forward to the divisional round without the Eagles. Ross, what's your favorite game coming up this weekend uh, in the divisional round? Ooh, uh, I'll be on the call, by the way, for Texans-Ravens. That's, That's going to be a good one. Yeah. In Baltimore. I'm excited for it because it's a short drive, uh, which is nice. But also, I, I have never seen C.J. Stroud in person, so I'm looking forward to that. Cold, too. Um I think the best one is Bills Chiefs. I mean, we've seen it so many times. That's like the matchup of the Blue Bloods. And now Patrick Mahomes actually has to play an away playoff game. And the Bills have to win this game. I mean, it, would, it will be devastating if they lose to the Chiefs again, if they lose a home playoff game in the divisional round again after the Bengals game last year. That, that's, that's probably by far the most interesting one to me. Yeah, and, and so much on the line. Legacies and McDermott and, and Allen and the Mahomes thing. It's a great one. Ross, we'll be listening to your call Saturday. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you, Ross. Sounds great. See you guys. There Have a he good goes. One. Ross Tucker there, of course. Ross, uh, always one of our favorite guests and, and always one that, that delivers it. And I thought it was interesting here the way Ross described the issues here with the Eagles and, and what they have to find out, you know, like in terms of, of fixing things. And, of yeah. course, Ross, our Odyssey Insider, brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. He, he isn't so much worried about Jalen Hurts, the player. He's more worried about does Sirianni have the right answers to fix all of it. Yeah, it's a disconnect. And, and to Ross's point, he's right. There's not enough information. We're, we're a little bit closer to it because we're obviously we're here and we hear different things. But he's right. Like, Jalen's not the biggest problem, but there is a disconnect there. And I feel like I don't have my finger on the pulse of exactly where it is, but I think it stems from not being able to have that hard conversation. Let me ask you guys this question, and I don't know what the right answer is to this one. I I really don't. So last year the Eagles married themselves, at least in the short term, to Jalen Hurts, right? He's he's here for – yeah, I think he's got five years left on his contract. Let's just be real. He's going to be here next season. So no matter what the future is, he's going to be here next season. Does Jalen Hurts get a say? And I don't mean at a podium when he has to give a sanitized answer. Yes. Does he get a real say in Nick Sirianni's future? If you're Jeff Flurry and Howie, do you call Jalen and say, what do you think about Nick? Well, I need to figure out, like, if I'm being fair in this situation, I need to understand 
what's the disconnect with him? Well, but you could ask him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, to your point, yes, yeah. yes. To answer your question, yes. So what, what I mean is I need to find out if – I need to find out how deep it is or, or if it's salvageable. The reason I ask is we, we've done this with the, the Phillies and Bryce Harper. Does he get a say in who the manager is, mm-hmm. right? And John Middleton going to talk to players when they fired Gabe Kapler. And then we've done this with Joel Embiid. Should Joel Embiid last year have a say in the next coach after Doc? I, I'm, I'm just – I'm wondering what the Eagles – the kind of pedestal they put Jalen on. Or at this stage of his career, I, does he get to have a say? And again, there's a lot about this we don't know, and a lot of stuff that I've heard has been speculated. I think that you have to have a conversation with him, and you have to gauge his uh his answer. And what I mean by that is you you have to kind of listen to it, and 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 decipher whether or not he's being a petulant child, or are these some real issues that. That can't be fixed. I, I don't know, again, and I, and I stress this, I, I don't know what's going on with this team, but it feels to me like there's a disconnect between Jalen Hurts and the players in some way, shape, or form. And, and that's where it stems from. Not Again, and let me be clear, I'm not blaming it all on him. I think Coach Sirianni is culpable in this situation as well. But there is a disconnect somewhere because – the, the one thing that I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, the message from everybody has been skewed. The message has not been 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 a been a a message where everybody's on the same page. Uh, it's been you know one player saying one thing mm-hmm. here and yep. one player saying one thing there. So that's why I don't know. I can't honestly say who's the problem. You know, it's easy to point to the coach because he's the most unlikable person right now because of his antics and some of the things that he's done in the past. Jalen Hurst is starting to skew that way with with that nonchalant, I don't know what the hell's going on type attitude. And that's fair. For me, it's not so much about body language or antics or words. I just don't think the coach is smart enough to X's and O's. I don't think he has – I don't think he knows what he's doing. I mean, and and plus the locker room stuff, that does worry me. All right, before we go back to the Lions here quickly, we do have some odds to be the next Eagles head coach, if not Nick Sirianni. So this is not my big board. These are just the odds that are out there. Bet Online has these. Hugh, who do you think the fa- if you had a guess, who do you think the betting market is setting as the favorite? Like, let's say if they move on from Sirianni, Bet Online says this guy's the favorite to be the next Eagles coach. I would probably say Vrabel. It's you're right. It's Vrabel because of where he's come from. The fact that they're mad up there in New England that he didn't get the job, and this is the next best place to be. So, and Ross Tucker had a pretty uh, strong take on. It. He loves Rabel. Thinks he'd be a, a real good fit. Rabel is the favorite at minus one fifty. Belichick second favorite. Bobby Slowick, the young offensive coordinator of the Texans, is four to one along with Belichick. Ben Johnson five to one, and then it goes to Harbaugh nine to one. Frank Smith, the Miami uh, offensive coordinator, twelve to one. Dan Quinn sixteen to one. Mike Man, McDonald listen, sixteen to one. You don't want Dan Quinn here. I do. I do not. He wasn't on my big. No, board. super sensitive coach, man. Yeah, I know. I have no interest. Super sensitive coach. Retread defensive coach. Out. No, no interest. I liked him initially, but then he got he got real sensitive. Yeah, he, he's just he's a defensive coordinator to me. I, he, someone might hire him as a head coach, but I think he's a defense coordinator. Sen- he looks sensitive. All right, can we get? Let's try this. Let's get through it. Let's move on. Cowboy Jim is up. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cowboy Jim. Well, thank you, Joe, for taking my call, Kyle. <laughs> you coward. Don't want to take my call? Coward. What did I Listen, do? Jim, I literally picked up immediately and put you right listen, on the line, buddy. You're talking to the wrong one. 
Sing along with me. You had a bad day. Oh. You had a bad day. Come on. Hey, Hugh. Hey, Hugh. You know that, that, that cruise ship down there? Yeah, all the um, balconies are taken by Cowboy fans. There's inside rooms for the Eagle fans. So I'll see you on there, okay? You know what? I, from what I understand, the ship is, that ship has already left port because you guys are on it. We'll catch, we'll catch the next one because that yeah, means we well, lasted one more day longer yeah. than y'all did. You, you can all have the inside rooms because that's all that's left. Hey, Joe. <laughs> yes, Joe. yes. Yeah, let me repeat back to you what you said to me yesterday, mm-hmm. okay? They completely, I mean completely embarrassed themselves. The quarterback who was getting MVP talk this year looked like garbage. And the head coach, who might be fired by the time this phone call wraps up, looks clueless on the sidelines. Remember all that? Yeah. Yeah, and the same thing happened to the Eagles last night. I mean, I'm not sugarcoating that. They stunk. Yeah, and Hugh, guess who else is going to the pro ball? Yeah, those Eagles played like they were playing flag football. Couldn't tackle. Okay? And, uh, hey, oh, yeah, you guys are uh, leaking oil all right. You're leaking... Motor oil, transmission fluid, radiator fluid, need new spark plugs. And, uh, yeah, you basically just need a new car. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. Bye, losers. Jim, you know what? And he hung up on us. That's, that's like the worst thing that you well, can well, do. You know what? It, it's cute that he thinks his little mic drop was effective. Like This is what I said earlier today, is that the difference seeing Eagles fans and Cowboys fans is that we were pretty honest with ourselves about what this football team was going to end up being this season, right? Like, I think a month ago, most of us, at least 90% of us, Stop gave up the Super Bowl dream. Yeah. You know, you might have thought they could squeak by Tampa because Tampa stinks, but nobody had grand illusions of where this Eagles team was really going to go. The Cowboy idiots really deluded themselves into thinking this was different. It was their year. Dak wasn't going to choke this time. And yet they did it again. They, so I they feel were, much better. Yeah, they were the shocked Cowboys. on Sunday. We were not shocked last night. Upset, frustrated. Not shocked. And yeah, I mean, look, I didn't have, I didn't have the energy. I, I, I have so much energy each day, and I can't spend it on a dope like Cowboy Jim. Yeah, can he rip the Eagles today? Yes, but Kyle's right. At least we're ripping the Eagles too. And, and, and also, we had a bad day. Yes, the Cowboys have had a bad 30 years. They, this is them every year they're doing the same thing. Yeah, this is true. It's a little bit different because we did just come from the Super Bowl. Yes. Y'all, y'all been talking about this being y'all year forever. Yeah, and it never is. Terrence is in Springfield. What's up, Terrence? You, Joe, Kyle, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Terrence, it's a frustrating day in Philadelphia. What are you feeling today? It's it, it definitely a frustrating day. And to, to get up here on, on, a, on a podium last night and hear, Nick Harrison, Nick Sirianni, to ask him how do he feel like he could fix it. And he says, because uh, we, we work our asses off. We know we could fix it. Well, what the hell have you been doing for the last nine weeks? What? Jalen Hurts still can't get a hot read. He still can't He still can't figure out how to hit, hit a hot route. The coach is supposed to be coaching this stuff. And, and what we see from, from the Detroit Lions, these guys coach their players open. And we still don't see that from, from the Eagles. Like, Jalen Hurts, like, I, I love the guy, but like we said, when he got that money, we don't know if, the, if that changed him or not. He still can't move up in the pocket. And that interaction between him and Dallas, Dallas Goddard says it all. For Dallas Goddard to be in his face and for Mariota to have to come over there and tell this, and separate these guys, that, that means a lot. Well, it's Terrence. It's telling. I mean, it's telling that they're frustrated with Hurts. It's all coming out now. And you're—I mean, Terrence, you're dead right about 
scheming receivers open. It feels like the Eagles' whole thing is just to rely on their talent to figure it out. It's like a basketball coach with no scheme with good players. Go figure it out. No, to win big, you need to have scheme too. And a lot of people going to think I'm crazy about this, but I, I'm, not, I'm not discrediting AJ, um, AJ Brown's injury. I'm not saying he was injured or not. But I'm feeling like this guy could have went out there and he could have gave us something. He could have been a decoy. I feel like he didn't want to go down with that ship yesterday, last night. I feel this way. People might think I'm crazy or I'm picking on him. But I feel like he was in the locker room after he got hurt. He was giving everybody high fives. I think this guy didn't want to go down with the ship. And I feel like, to me, I feel like Sherry, I don't got no answers. I feel like we need to get an offensive-minded coach in here, somebody like Harbaugh, somebody that can scheme their players open. Like, they have two guys on the same side of the field. It's asinine. Like, what are you doing? Like, you got to have a hot – you got to have a – with the quarterback and, and, and the receivers, you got to say, okay, if these guys blitz, you guys run this hot – you guys run this certain route while they blitz. You understand me? You got to have that in your offense. For, for the be two years and Dale Hurst still don't know how to do that, or this coaching staff can't coach it, somebody has to go. You don't have the answers, Darion. And that's it. Terrence, I, I, we appreciate it. The, the answers are not there. And if they're there, they're not being taught well enough because the players aren't showing on the field. 215-592-9494. All right, coming up, your phone calls. And Troy Aikman on ESPN last night. Harsh, brutally honest commentary about what he saw from the Eagles team. We'll let you hear that next. Your phone calls here. Should the Eagles move on from Nick Sirianni? We discuss midday show. And any news we get, we'll pass along ASAP right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.